0: I don't know. Oh, have they been hearing me? Sorry. Hey, um, did you want me to do the song real quick? Yeah, let's
1: get people in because everybody's back in Bible study and they need to come in and worship. So. Now, good morning, everybody. There's still a few people in the back, but that's fine. Because it's just Terry. Morning. Oh, I love that song. I love the idea that God's not finished with me yet. Thank you, Jesus.
0: <laughs> yeah, we need some help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So good morning. I'm glad you're all here. and Thanks for joining us online. Um, let's get to announcements really quick. I should be on. Yeah, I should be on. Hello. Yeah, I'm on. Hello. So, um, mm. celebrating women at Open Door next week. Yes.
0: I had a moment of panic yesterday when I realized that Mother's Day was eight days away. Eight days away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And we do women because not everybody is a woman. Is I a, mean,
0: that's true. That is true. Not
1: everybody is a woman. And not, not every is woman is, is a mom. Yeah. Some would like to be. Some are not yet. So we're going to expand it to women. So Come. We'd like to we'd like to to to, to shine a, a, a light on on how amazing um, God has has blessed the human race with women so um all church work party May 14th that's what two two is that next week no no it's two Saturdays 13 days 13 days come right here yeah we got to get that's all is that also the baby shower yes we have a baby shower Woo!
0: So, come to the work party, don't clean up, and go right to the baby shower.
1: <laughs> baby shower. Oh, those are always fun. All right. Um, and then a leadership meeting if you are in leadership or you would like to uh, just, you actually, you're anyone who is welcome to join it. We're going to be talking about some of the events, just planning ahead. We're going to just talk about how we, we can work better as a leadership, um, some of the opportunities that are coming down the, down the pike and we just want to kind of have a moment of talking about that sort of stuff. If you have questions about that, let me know. Um, that is on the 15th, so two Sundays from now after church. And it shouldn't be a long meeting, but I'd like, you know, come. Next, Zoom fellowship. Yes, you know, they, we, the women did that a lot during, during the COVID time when we weren't able to meet in person as much. And, and last Saturday, some of them were talking like, we miss just getting together with the girls and having prayer requests and connecting. So what night is that? that is a Thursday, I believe. Right?
0: That's... Yeah, it's a Thursday.
1: It's a Thursday. Thursday night. And that's a, the nice thing with on Zoom is if you are not local, but you are in Orient City or you're up in... Uh, uh, up in Gladstone, you can happily come to this and and that way you could still be a part of it.
0: What's kind of cool is the podcast is at seven, Yeah. so you could get on the podcast, watch that, and then immediately just transition over to the Women's Fellowship. So, make an evening of it, you know.
1: That was not planned. (laughs) No. Actually, I might have been by Jesse. It's possible. Anyways, any others? Any other, is that all of them? Get connection, there's connection uh, um, cards there if you would like. Um, just so that we we can share you some some more information about the church that's also going to be shared online and there's also ones for prayer requests. If you'd like us to pray for you, um, you can either just let me know or you can fill out the card there because some people would prefer to do that anonymously. I think, is there anything else we can talk about?
0: Just kind of basically what people are looking forward to as a message.
1: Isaiah 53.5 says that Jesus that uh, by his wounds were healed. What does that mean? And uh, it's much bigger, much more comprehensive than I sometimes think we realize, and it is utterly glorious. Um, and we're going to be talking about what that means. It's part of the series on the Jesus. That we have victory in Jesus. Talked about last week about how we don't have shame, we don't have we don't have guilt, and those things are crushing. Um, And as I said last week, you can't really fully separate all these out. Um, Because part of what I'm talking about today is connected to that too. It all kind of goes in together. But for the sake of the sermon series, I have to break them up. But we're going to be talking about how, how Jesus fully, completely heals us. And what that means. Let's pray. Isaiah. 53.5, 53.5, Lord, tells us that we're forgiven by you, that the, the punishment that brings us peace is upon you, the punishment that, that heals us is upon you, that you have, that all of our sins have been laid upon you, and we are so, so grateful for that. We ask that you would come and meet us here this morning, and wherever people are, wherever they are in all of their, the, the busyness, whatever time and place they are in their lives, that, Lord Jesus, that you would help us to worship you as we, as we come into your presence. Come touch your people. May they know that they, they have met you this morning. Break up our concrete, hard hearts to worship you with the passion, with the enthusiasm, that the glory of your salvation for us, deserves.
0: Mm, Father, I pray for courage for each of us that we could be so vulnerable as to recognize that we need to be healed and to ask to invite you to pour yourself into us. That we're not so stubborn that we can't acknowledge that we are broken in places it takes courage to admit that and it's it's hard but i just pray for each of us that as we examine ourselves and we recognize those parts that are hurting that are raw that we may be avoiding that we allow you to be that salve that we are anointed by your mercy and we are healed And we celebrate you this morning, Lord. Thank you. Amen. Please stand as you're able. Father, as the song just said, Our weakness demonstrates, it exposes, it shows where we need you. This big arrow just right here, God, I'm I'm hurting here. I'm struggling, God. Heal me. Again, Lord, that we may be so bold as to invite you in to heal us that we hear your word this morning. We learn more about your nature and how you want us to be whole in you. Thank you, Father.
1: Lord Jesus, as I come here this morning, I'm, as always, very aware of my inadequacies to be able to communicate your word. When I think about what's at stake, when I think about where your people are and how glorious you are help help me to speak clearly help me to speak accurately what you have to say may the things that I have to say be from you and not from me somehow multiply this to your glory that your people would have hope and a measure of peace. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen. We first said that we're we're not guilty because Jesus paid our sin, our punish, punishment. And I said we're no longer shameful because Jesus carried our shame. And those are hard to hold on to. I mean, they're, they're very easy to hold on to and very hard to accept the, the reality that you are forgiven, that you really are, um, you have reta- been given back your dignity in Jesus, that you have the status of being raised to seated with Christ. Today, however... It's this idea that, that, that we're afflicted. Some of the shame that we feel, some of that guilt is, is not your own. It's stuff that's happened to you. And I'm aware that, that sometimes people are, really struggle with, with deep wounds. Some of them are physical. But some of them aren't. Today we're talking about how Jesus heals. And what does it mean when we read in Isaiah 53, 5, He was pierced for our transgressions, He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastisement that brought us peace was upon Him, and by His wounds we are healed. Now, the peace part, I'm talking about that next week. But this one, what does it mean? Um, if you're in the more charismatic persuasion, it means that if you have enough faith, God will cure you of like cancer. I struggle with that. Does this include healing, physical healing? Yes, kind of, but it's, but it, a lot of people have been hurt by saying if you if you have if you have cancer or you you're not healed, it's, there must be some sin in your life. And as a, as a, we're going to see, I don't think that's what the Bible says. There's a there's a phrase I want you to hear before we get into this, and it's this one. It's now, but not yet. Um, I need to just kind of say this up front because it's going to help you. It's something that you should you should just kind of put in the back of your memory. It's just a way to help understand. What much of the gospel is saying, much of what's happening with the kingdom of God, that it is now, but it's not really fully yet, is it? Does Jesus reign? Absolutely. But does he actually fully, fully reign all over the earth right now? Well, not yet. Are you righteous in Jesus? Yes. But do you live righteously? Not yet. Are you loved? Well, yes, but do you feel fully loved? Eh, not yet. There's so much. Is, is Satan defeated? Yes. But fully? Nah, not until the lake of fire. So this is one of those things. It's just a phrase that will help you kind of grasp all of this. And that's what we're talking about with this, with this one right here. There's a now but not yet issue. There's the, there's we're we're healed. Yeah but not fully yet. Now, before I fully explain, and this is why I wanted to take and isolate this one because I need to speak very clearly and very carefully. Um, before I explain what I mean by healing and, 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 and the sicknesses, I want to say first of all that there are, th- there, th- that in general, assuming we understand the agreement of what it is, there are three reasons why people get sick. There are three. Actually, there's kind of four. One, we live in a broken world that has things like COVID, that get has people who get cancer, who have there there are accidents. There's we just didn't live in a world that's post-Genesis chapter three, in which things aren't the way they're supposed to be. And this is the most common reason why people get sick. It's not, it's is it by because of sin? Absolutely. Is it someone's personal sin? No. But personal sin is a cause. It is a cause. You get drunk, you hit a tree, and you're paralyzed. Whose fault is it? It's yours and your sin. You got drunk, a sin. Drinking isn't a sin, but getting drunk is, and there is a consequence of it and now you're paralyzed. It was, and you could say, your sin caused that. Sex outside of marriage, and you have a disease because of that, you could say, you're a personal sin. But it's not always your sin. Let's say it was rape, and you get a disease. Not your sin, it's somebody else's. Let's say in the car crash, you're not the one who got drunk, but somebody hit you who was drunk not your sin. You did nothing wrong. It's somebody else's sin. That does happen. You have the world in general. You have personal sin, either yours or somebody else's, two different things. I could really say there's four causes. And there is a, a case to be made for supernatural causes for some things, either God or the devil. There is times where that happens. And this is probably the least likely. The first is by far the most likely, by far. If someone gets sick, has a disease, has something wrong with them, it's because you live in a broken world. And we have to be extremely cautious to assign a specific cause to a particular ailment. We need to get really cautious with that. Now, let me walk through some Bible that, that, that proves some of this stuff here. The world is broken, Isaiah, Romans 5.12. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so sin spread to all men because all of sin. Because of what Adam and Eve did, Genesis chapter 3, there spread to all of creation this general category of death that includes things like COVID, cancer, Alzheimer's, all of that stuff. Death in general. Why? Because of that. Can we say in one sense, is it true that every time someone gets sick, it's because of sin? Yes. Yes. The Genesis 3 sin. sin. And because of this, um, as Paul later on in Romans 8 will put it, for, all, for the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage of corruption. And obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. There's a day coming where it un- will be uncorrupted. But currently, all of creation is not right. And that goes all the way down to the DNA and atom and level. Something is wrong with everything. It's corrupted. And that's a part of the reason why things are the way they are. Personal sin psalm 38 3 because of your anger my whole body is sick because my health is broken because of my sin sometimes your sin can get you sick it is possible again is this most of the time i don't think it is but can it yes yes it can and sometimes it's again, the, the sickness, the, the, the sin of somebody else. Can it be supernatural? Let's look at Job. So Job, Satan left the Lord's presence and he struck Job with terrible boils from head to foot. Who caused Job to get sick? Satan did. Or we have in Mark chapter nine, this is Jesus. And they brought to the boy, a boy to, to him, to Jesus. And when the spirit saw him, immediately he convulsed the boy and fell under the ground, rolling and foaming at the mouth. Essentially, an epileptic seizure because of a spirit. Spiritually, it can occur. But again, so there are three cases, probably in this order of likelihood, Number the first one by far the most likely. And we could see, and we need to be extremely cautious again to assign a specific cause to a specific sin. You've got to be really careful with that. Here's an example where people thought they had their theology right, that sin causes sickness. John chapter 9, the disciple. As he passed by, this blind man, he, Jesus passed by, he saw a man born blind from earth. And his disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? See, they're thinking, if they're sinned, if they're blind, that's because somebody sinned. Sin caused this, a per- specific person's sin. And Jesus' response is, it's not this man who sinned, nor his parents. Yes, sin in general does it. But you've got to be really careful to say, that was caused by that. In in Luke chapter 13, there's another story. Some were present at the very time who told the Galatians whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered, do you think these Galatians were worse sinners than the other Galatians because they suffered? Do you think if something bad happens to you, it's because you sinned? Because you're a bad person? Jesus says, no. It hasn't. But unless you two repent, you will perish. Everybody is a sinner. We gotta be very careful when we say things like, oh, well, Hurricane Karina Car- uh, was because there's a lot of sin in New Orleans. You don't know that. You don't know that. Or the 18. 18- on whom the tower of Solomon fell and killed them? Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, he continues. No. You gotta be really careful. So, coming back to this, he was, he was, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him the chastisement brought us peace, and with, by his wounds are healed. But what does this healing mean? I wanted to start again with the first three because I wanted to make it clear. We can come back to it, but we, let, let's let's dive in just a moment. And what does it mean to be healed? What is meant by sickness in Scripture? And here's what I want to. Here's what I'm. I'm oh, this is what it. This is what I want to make a case for, is that on one hand it's literal, and sometimes it's it's called a synecdoche i'll explain that in a moment but it is always illustrative literal meaning when it says someone has leprosy sometimes they mean they have leprosy (laughs) because sometimes and sometimes when he says that somebody was healed they mean that they were healed but Sometimes it's a figure of speech, and the specific one is called synecdoche, which means that a piece of something represents the entire thing. So for example, um, my, my two boys are looking at getting some wheels. What do we mean by that? They're thinking about getting a car, right? A piece represents the entire thing. So sometimes when, when the Bible talks about death or, or, or sickness or unwholesomeness of the body, It's it's a way of referring to the entire structure of stuff that's not right in a person. And I'll show that in a moment. But it's always illustrative. Meaning, it always illustrates this idea that human race is not right. Death, for example. Death, everybody gets, unless Jesus comes back. And it illustrates that we are dead to God. It's an illustration. It's a reality. But it also is a way of explaining to us humans a spiritual reality. And that's what we can see when we come here to Isaiah chapter 1. How do you define a word in a text? You use how the author uses it. So let's go back to Isaiah. Isaiah, Isaiah 53 says by, the, we're, by his punishment we're healed. Well, how does Isaiah use it? In Isaiah chapter 1, he says this. Ah, sinful nation, people laden with iniquity, offspring of evildoers, children who deal corruptly. The topic is their sin. But look. And he continues with that. They have forsaken the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel, who have they have utterly estranged estranged. So he's describing their sin. And then look what he does. Why will you be struck down? Why will you continue to rebel? The whole head is sick, the whole heart is faint. From the sole of your foot even to your head, there is no soundness in it, but bruises, sores, and raw. Wounds. Now he's talking about Israel as a whole. And he's using the language of wounds, of sickness, to describe the effects of sin. Sin does this kinds of things. The kinds of things that you think of if you had soreness all over, if you had bruises all over. That's what sin does to you. It's an illustration. It's figurative. Is there a literal piece to it? Yes. But Isaiah is talking about a bigger thing than just simply physical healing. It is both literal, it is a figure of speech, and it's illustrative. And in what Jesus is doing in this is he's saying he's removing all the effects of sin. That's what that phrase means just like peace by his chastisement we have peace with god it doesn't just mean some fluffy feeling about i'm okay you it, no, it means that you no longer have conflict with god we're going to talk about that next week it's a bigger thing than just simply a fluffy feeling in this case healing has to do with being f- having the effects of sin physically removed e- mentally how we think emotionally and then also cosmically in terms of all of creation all of those effects being dealt with and fixed that's what that's talking about that Jesus will come and he is going to when when the new creation comes these things get fixed does that include your cancer yes Is cancer included in it? Uh huh. But you may not get that until until eternal life in the new creation. Does that include Alzheimer's? Yes, physical things. People who are born blind will see. People who are born with one arm will have two. There's a physical healing that is a part of it, but it's not just physical, it's how you think. They say that someone who's on, like, say, cocaine, an addiction, they can get physically off it in a week or two. But after that, there's still their hardwired brain that says, if this happens, if I'm in a circumstance, I need to have cocaine. There's a a hardwiring brain that says this. That's what this is talking about. It's the thing that says, okay, I know I'm not going to get abused by my partner. But because I had a dad who abused me, I still respond to my husband like my dad. There's that. There's that because there's, there's a mental thinking that's you're wired to think like that. That's what we're talking about with mental It's those triggers to use the addiction language. Those get fixed. People, this last week I talked about shame. And you may be able to know you don't have shame. But you still have the knee-jerk response to feeling shame. Even though you know it's gone. That's what I'm talking about. You will think like Jesus. And that takes a brain rewiring. That's what this is talking about, healing in that sense. Emotionally, some of us have been so deeply wounded by things in this life, whether things done to us because of war, or maybe it's an abortion, or maybe it's a rape, or maybe all are just people being mean to you, that there's emotional scars that are deeply wounding you. That's what this is talking about. All the way down to the DNA. But it's not just personal things. Can you imagine with no no, no garbage? No pollution. Everything being reset to f- original condition. That's what this is talking about. And this is what it's being talked about in Acts chapter 3. Repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, that he may send Christ appointed to you, that is Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time of restoring everything. See, that's a part of what's happening here. The basic story of the whole Bible is it's we start off in this perfect world where everything's right, not just the environment, but us as well, our relationship no effects of sin at all, and then we blow it, we screw everything up, and ever since then, it's just a mess in every way you can think of. And God's plan is to get it back to that. And that's what's being talked about in places like Isaiah 11, where the wolf shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard shall lay down with the young goat, the calf and the lion and the fat the fatted calf will together and the little child will lead them. Can you imagine a world in which calves and lions can hang out? Or the cow and the bear shall graze together and they should lie, 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 lie down? Where lions don't eat meat anymore? Or this, or a nursing child can play with a cobra and put his hand in the hole and pull one out and get tickled by the, by the tongue. It's really hard to conceive of, isn't it? But that's, what we're, that's, what this, that's how the world was originally designed. We're in charge of the world and the world's at peace. The world is not right. It may be normal. But it ain't original. That's what's being said in Revelation 21. The one sitting on the throne that is the Father says, look, I am making everything new. And if I could break down into the into the grammar of the Greek, it's not new as in from nothing. It's not ex nihilo. It's restoring it's making new again it's like taking a 1957 chevy that's been in the junkyard and restoring it back to its pristine right off the factory kind of condition i am making all things new write this down for it is trustworthy and true and the verse before says and the former things will never be remembered again what former things the wounds and hurts. Yes, you're physical. Yes, you're emotional. Yes, you're way you think. For us personally, that's what this is talking about in 2 Corinthians 5.17. If you're in Jesus Christ, you are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And that is both now but not yet. Because we still have our scars, don't we? We still have our hurts. We still have our wrong ways of thinking about things. So that when I say things like, you're not guilty of anything because all that, that sin has been on Jesus. That the Father is not angry at you because all that anger has been laid on Jesus. But we still think like, but I'm guilty. That rewiring will occur. Those deep wounds that you have felt that you're like, when am I going to get healed of that? You will. It's really hard to imagine it. But I just want you to know, finally, this this is kind of the point of this whole sermon, is there is hope. There is hope. That in every way, the healing... Punishment that brings us healing was on Jesus, healing in every single way of your life, so you are exactly how you were designed to be in, a, in your original state. That's what is being talked about. That's the victory in Jesus. No more guts, no more achy backs. No more bad ways of responding to things. We will be like Him, in His perfection. And we long for that day, don't we? We don't want to. We don't. We don't want to feel the pains anymore. We, whether it's physical pains or it's emotional pains, we don't want to. We we don't want to see a world. Oh, and structurally, I, did, I haven't said that yet cosmically not just in terms of like the environment but also just how societies function together that's all messed up too that's part of the healing we will respond rightly and i get it things are so wrong and i think sometimes we don't recognize just how wrong everything really is how wrong we actually are it's deeply broken But Jesus will fix it. Fix it so all the effects of sin are removed. And it's his commitment to us. That when when we get to the new heavens and new earth, you will be perfect in every way. And so will all of creation. (sighs) Come, Lord Jesus, right? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this incredible hope. Thank you that it is something that we that we can look forward to having one day where all of that healing, the, the wounds that we have suffered from from sinners, from people, from the world, wounds that that just we know in this life, won't heal. We long for that day, Jesus. pray that you would give us hope, that you would give us um, the endurance, the faith to, to hold on, knowing that one day you will bring that, that you will one day bring an end to all the effects of our of sin in this in this creation that we will be free of all of the afflictions to your glory we pray in Jesus name amen
0: We're going to uh, worship some more and uh, you're welcome to stand or remain seated or just whatever that posture of worship is that's meaningful to you.
1: There's a story in in Mark chapter two. It's a wonderful story of, of these friends who bring Jesus, this paralytic, and they tear through the wall, and they lower him down, and we fo- we focus on how amazing it is that his friends would carry him to Jesus, which is true. But there's an interesting dialogue afterwards. They see him, and obviously, what do they want? They want healing. And Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. And it makes the, the, the Pharisees all have a tizzy, because who could forgive sins but God? And it's the point that And Jesus' response is, so that you know I can, I am God in the flesh. He says, I tell you this man, get up, take your mat, and go home. He connects sin and forgiveness. And he's not saying that this man sinned, so he is that. What he's communicating and he does this is every time there's a healing in the scripture, whenever Jesus is doing this, what he's saying is, I'm the one that brings healing to the human race. I'm the one that restores people to the way they're supposed to be. I restore the world to the way it is. And that involves the forgiveness of sins. And that's what we're remembering with this. It's a way of explaining to his disciples and to us, what did the cross do? Yes, it... It took the punishment for your sin. Yes, it removed your sh- your shame. And as we're going to hear next week, yes, it makes you righteous. You are adopted into his family and all of the amazing benefits that comes with that. But part of it is it makes us new again because we will be like him. He heals us by his wounds. So when we come to the table today, what I want, want you to do is just to think about the, the wounds that you have in your life. Some of them are old scars physically. Some, you know, and you're like, I don't I can't remember the last time I didn't have pain. Maybe it's emotional pain. Maybe it's maybe it's that, that there's something going on in your head that that you know you, you need fixed. And you've struggled with that for so many years, and you're like, oh Jesus, when? When the divine Messiah comes back. I pray that he heals you now. Can not he heal you today of all of that? Absolutely. Does he sometimes? Certainly. But for most of us, it'll wait until the end. But that day is coming. Because Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and he said, this is my body. My perfect life given for you. And there he was crushed for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The punishment that brings us peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he said, this is the new agreement between God and man. For the, poured out for my blood, for, poured out for the forgiveness of sins. The washing away of the effects of, of your sin. The judgment is removed the shame is removed. you're right with God because of Him. Come to the table and remember and proclaim your faith in Jesus and that' in your, your hope that one day things will be right again, because of Him. Lord Jesus, meet your people. meet your people here and give them hope may that hope be firmly grounded on the reality of your death and resurrection in your name we pray amen come take the elements and then we'll share together at the end body and blood of Christ given for you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. The Lord be gracious to you and give you peace, give you hope, give you joy for the journey ahead. Knowing that one day the pain will be gone. The struggle will be done in the new heavens and the new earth. See you next week.